Welcome to StoryWise, the podcast designed to give you the in-depth story behind some of our top storytellers. It is a way to inform, motivate, and inspire you to believe that you too can make your dreams a reality. My name is Jen Grisanti. I am the Story Career Consultant at Jen Grisanti Consultancy, Inc., a writer's consultancy designed to help you accomplish your writing goals and reach your career destination through one-on-one consults, seminars, and teleseminars. And I am so ecstatic to have with me as my guest today, Karina Seringer. Let me tell you a little bit about Karina. Karina was, first of all, my favorite, uh, had my favorite film at the Big Island Film Festival, and I'm just such a massive fan of her work and her voice, and so excited to have her here today. Uh, Karina Seringer has worked on numerous film and advertising productions in 18 countries, primarily in Europe, North America, and Asia. Karina's production experience includes commercials, reality television, short and feature films, and documentaries, mostly as production manager, line producer, and first assistant director. In 2011, in 2010-2011, Karina produced and directed her first feature film, Shouting Secrets, starring Chasky Spencer of Twilight, Tyler Christopher of The Lying Game, The Lying Game, and General Hospital, Corianka Kilcher of The New World, Rodney A. Grant Dances with Wolves, Gil Birmingham, Twilight, and Tonto Cardinal Dances with Wolves. In 2001, she produced and directed the TV documentary One Nation, Voices of America, on the subject of 9-11, shot in over 30 U.S. states. Karina has produced, written, and directed five short films, which have been screened at numerous film festivals around the world. For example, The Cookie Thief and The Foreigner. So those are your two films that did the best. Yeah. Her films have won 13 awards, including Best Film, Best Directing, and Audience Choice, and were sold worldwide in theaters, television, airlines, and the Internet. Her distributors are Adam Films, Shockwave, LA shorts uh, were distributed by Anne or Solid Entertainment in Santa Monica. Uh, so your shorts were no, your shorts were by Adam Films. Yeah, your shorts were by Adam Films and um, documentary. By- your documentary was by Solid Entertainment. Great. Karina is founder, partner, and CEO of Joker Film Productions in Zurich, as well as CEO of The Waiting Room LLC in Los Angeles. Both companies together have currently four feature films in development, and the movie Shouting Secrets was just completed in November of 2011. She studied journalism and mass communication at the University of Freiburg in Switzerland and was accepted into the highly competitive master's directing program at the AFI Institute in Los Angeles, or AFI, uh, in Los Angeles, for which she was granted the highest scholarship ever given by the city of Basel, 
based on her previous accomplishments in the film industry. She graduated from the AFI in the summer of 2001 and continues to live in Los Angeles. From 2009 to 2011, she completed the Executive School of Management for Entrepreneurs at the University of St. Gallen in Switzerland, receiving a full Henry B. Meyer scholarship. Karina speaks German, English, Italian, and French. Okay, that part I love. Have you done films in any different languages? <laughs> um, you know, for Swiss people, that's actually quite common, and I'm always feeling very embarrassed when I go back home and I realize that um, due to my only use of English, my French and Italian has become quite bad. Right. <laughs> but um, That's got to be natural, though. <laughs> yeah. I directed my first short film, um, which was in Swiss, German, and German. I directed that one in Italian. Oh, wow. Because I had an Albanian lead right. actor who didn't speak English, and I didn't speak English, but he also didn't speak German or Swiss German, and the only common language we had was Italian, so... Yeah. <laughs> wow, that talk about hurdles, boy. Um, so, and now I see you received all these awards too. Received the U.S. Green Card for Extraordinary Ability for Producing and Directing, Shouting Secrets, One Nation, Voices of America, Women Helping Women. I love that. Kate, The Night, Yo Yo. Oh, those are just short films. Oh, those are short films. Okay. So, wow, look at this body of work. This is incredible. So this is like spanned. And I, I love that you're so well-rounded. Number one, I love that you speak so many languages. I also love that you've done so many genres. I mean, that's fascinating. What, what when you first desired to become a filmmaker, what was like the main thrust and focus of what you wanted to accomplish? I always dreamt big right. and I always dreamt of making movies and I wanted to make them as stupid as it sounds. <laughs> I wanted to make them in Hollywood. <laughs> I love it. No, that doesn't sound stupid at all. I love that people from around the world can have a dream and come here and make it happen. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, Switzerland is not exactly known for dreaming big or voicing those right. dreams. Right. Because we're more being raised like, why didn't you get like a real job first? Yeah. And um, so I did all these many jobs in, in reality TV and in whatever you named, you know. Um, I just in the did, beginning, you yeah, just took jobs. I just yeah. took yeah. absolutely every single job that I could get. Right. I never said no. I, right. to, even if it was the smallest and the crappiest, and even if I thought this is not going to help me, I just always said yes to absolutely every opportunity. Yeah. Might have. And that's what you've turned it into. That's great. Yeah, maybe it also took me a bit longer than other people. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, well, and I would have to say, you know, in America, like I know that the one area that women haven't made as big a strides in, which is what excites me so much about you, is the directing arena. Like, there's still not a ton of equality when you look at the percentage of men that are hired versus the number of women. So why I'm so empowered and why I think your story is so inspirational for 
so many young filmmakers out there is is the entrepreneur aspect and the fact that you went and you studied that and you are like an entrepreneur. I mean, because when I met you on the Big Island and I realized that you had no representation. I mean, that was mind blowing to me. I'm like, <laughs> this talent where in a room I can watch a film and feel more emotion than I did during the majority of the Oscar nominations this year. I mean, I'm like, I was speechless. So it, it is a fascinating thing to me. But what I love about it is that doesn't stop you from creating and doing and making and it's the other way around. I never was seeking for representation because I felt, honestly, it was a waste of time for both sides. Like, I didn't have enough to show for myself that they could actually, you know, do something for me or sell me. And um, I just always felt first I have to create something that proves to me as well as to others that I'm capable of doing it mm -hmm. and then it will come on its own I don't have to I don't I don't I never felt the need to to race for representation or because whatever you always knew you can make it happen well because I just yeah just uh, for me making things happen is priority on my own and yeah. if if people want to join me I'm like super happy right but um yeah not but you don't need it. It's like you it, you probably are going to desire it at a point in time. And I have to believe that the big guys are going to be clamoring over you once word gets out. Um, so I, you know, so I love that until that moment, it nothing blocks you from doing anything. I mean, on that note, do you think because Shouting Secrets is your first feature length film? that that is going to open doors? Because I know you've done so incredibly well in the market of making shorts. But shorts, I think, don't transfer as well. Like people, like I had to admit, going to the Big Island Film Festival, I didn't realize how much I love shorts. I honestly didn't until I went there. And I really saw the value in being able to spot talent because if someone could make you feel in 12 minutes or under and understand story, I think that's tremendous talent. So, but, but now that you have your first feature-length film, do you feel that this will open a lot more doors? Does it, is it feeling like that? Because it has done so well at so many festivals. Other than the Big Island where you won the Audience Award, what... Has, has it won awards at other festivals? Well, we, we premiered at the 36th American Indian Film Festival and um, it was nominated for six categories. Best Film, Best Director, Excellent. Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress. And we ended up winning Best Film, Great. Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Awesome. And it won... After the Big Island Audience Award, it won the Breckenridge Audience Award. Right. And then after that, or before that, the Arizona International Film Festival Audience Award. Great. And so basically we've been in four festivals and we won in four festivals. That is unbelievable. Now, as far as distributors, so people have an idea of what it is working in the film festival circuit. Like, do you, are there a lot of distributors that attend these festivals or do you feel like it helps networking wise after the festivals? Well, I, my, my movie hasn't been 
accepted into the Sundances and Cannes Film Festivals of this world. Which is so. crazy to me. <laughs> have, they, have they seen Shouting Secrets? Have you submitted? Well, I submitted to all of them. I mean, Thank I made you. the big mistake, and that's really, I think, something important for filmmakers um, to know. It's like a lot of these festivals write on their webpage um, um, you can submit rough cuts and if you're not being chosen this year, you can submit your finished movie next year. Mm-hmm. Sundance does that. Tribeca says that. Berlin says that. Right. And it's absolutely untrue. Wow. I mean, I've heard now from insiders, from festival consultants, from programmers that they will not even look at it a second time. Wow. So basically, you're messing up your one chance by so submitting a rough. So you want to wait rough. till it's completely done. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I submitted a rough cut to all these three really important festivals. Right. And that was it. Right. You know, so I yeah. basically screwed it up for myself. Because, I mean, and I hope that people are listening out there from very large places. Um, like I've been an executive. I've worked in the entertainment business for 20 years now. I know great story, and I know when there is a gift, talent-wise, especially when it comes to the balance. Like, I think what made your movie so special to my heart, and I think the hearts of so many, was your perfect blend of drama and comedy with the uh, Indian culture and the family genre of filmmaking and it just felt to me like there was something for everyone in it and so I look at that and and I mean I see you going the distance so I'm (laughs) I'm excited very very excited to watch how that is going to happen um okay so telling us about um but some to come back to your question some some distribution opportunities have opened up even through those smaller festivals and and you know rejection is really something i i really had to kind of learn with this movie because the first quarter of this year i got nothing but rejection letters and at some point, you know, that really hits. Yes. <laughs> because you're thinking, oh, my God, I did all this work. five years of work for nothing. People five don't like years. it. Yeah, five years. Very and hard work. And you raised work. all the money. It, yeah. But I had a business partner who okay. helped me with wow. that. And um, and then I, and I went to a tiny, tiny festival with no competition and nothing in Alaska. Right. But they invited me and flew me in and... That one really opened my eyes for there is no festival too small. And right. I'm sure out there in Hollywood, there's now the, the big guys that are totally disagreeing with me. Right. And feel that those festivals are useless. But they're actually, to me, very valuable. First right. of all, it taught me to embrace those who embrace my movie. Right. No matter what right. size they are. Right. And not to cry out for those who don't want my movie. You know, it's just making me unhappy and not changing anything. Right. And I met the most amazing people on small festivals like that and that were actually being really helpful and recommending me to other good people. Right. And so I think festivals, even if they're not the first tier festivals, they're very valuable. Yeah. And you can make friends and, you know. Right. I, to me, they're very valuable. Well, and I, I mean, when I looked at how well 
you did in the circle at the Big Island as far as like I loved how close the filmmakers got and watching each other and cheering really nice. each other yeah. on. Yeah. Like I loved that and I also felt like you got so much attention because people were really truly touched by your film. Um, so I think that's great. As far as, so from a filmmaker, director, producer perspective, um, tell me about like your job as far as the development of story in this particular film, like how, how it all started. Um, it all started with um, having worked uh, on two projects that I really wanted to get off the ground for two months and then they fell apart. And I'd spend a lot of money and effort on it. And I was at this point where I was like, okay, I got to develop a story that can be done for no money. And I knew a young writer who had written a one-woman show and a feature with just two two actors in one room. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was really talented. That's Mickey Blaine. And, and so we sat together, he, I, and, and my um, business partner mm -hmm. from Switzerland, and just talked about, you know, what subjects we're interested in and, and see if we could work together. Mm -hmm. And Mickey came up with this idea of this kind of family story, and we felt like that's a good idea. So uh, we um, um, basically uh, made a contract with him to, to write for hire. And, um, and he worked on this for like one and a half years, and his first draft was... I thought for a first draft, brilliant. Right. It was really funny and, and really easy to read. Mm -hmm. um, I had problems then with the development of it. Right. Like I felt it needed to develop in certain cer certain directions. And I think we didn't speak the exactly same right. language there. Right. And I felt he um, had a different kind of humor than I. Mm -hmm. And... I just felt that he could probably direct that humor right. really well, right? But I couldn't, right? And so after a while, um, we stopped. We stopped it after like five drafts or something, right? <laughs> and uh, and then two other people came on board and just did minor changes. A little bit, it moved forward, but after three years, like my frustration level was very high, right? Because again, we had put a lot of time, effort, and money into it, right? And I just felt it wasn't the story I could put my investors' money into and make my first feature and really, really stand behind it, right? And then, and something was just missing. Right. In some areas it was great, in some areas something was just missing. And then we started um, considering how about if we changed the culture. Right. Because it was all set in a white middle class family. Right. And really it was just not Magic. interesting enough right. to me. It was, yeah. it was just not interesting enough that I wanted to spend another three years on this. Right. And so then we we're debating about cultures and the second Native American came to me as like you know we don't need to search any further this is a culture that interests me right this is a culture we don't see in the movie theaters every day right and if we do then we see it in stereotypes right or in history dramas right you know and right and that was really all it took i remember i flew home from la to zurich and and just thinking it through the things that would change just because of the culture change right 
I was on that plane and I was so happy and excited and thrilled because I just knew now it's going to work. It was a magical choice. I have to say the yeah. Indian culture added so much to the concept. Yeah. Um, and, and then now, so were the two writers, did you then have two other and writers? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was a long process. Right. Right. <laughs> then I um, wanted a Native American writers right. or a writer right. um, to make it really authentic and truthful and... So I found um, Stephen Judd, right. and um, he writes together with a writing partner. So I ended up being working with two Native American writers. Great. And, uh, oh, no wonder that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're both on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great. So then I discussed with them lengthy over the phone from Switzerland to the U.S. over several nights, yeah. um, like what I felt needed to be changed and what direction I wanted to take it. And I was really, really excited. And then three weeks later, the script came back and then nothing, none of that seemed to be in there. I mean, um, a little bit here right, and there. Right. And I was so frustrated. I thought, okay, let's just, let's this project should just die or maybe I should sit down and write and I don't think you know I'm I just don't like writing right I mean yeah I like developing yes but I think the writing part should be done by professional writers right that's just my point of but view but I love that <laughs> I think that's good and uh, but then instead of sitting down and writing it myself I sat down and just wrote a really really long email that felt mean to me but it wasn't mean it was just really straightforward I, I was like okay where's this we discussed this where's that we discussed this I need this in there I need this 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 it was a really long letter of things that I had wanted to see in there and right. that I didn't see in there and it took five magical days the script came back and it was exactly like Yay. with everything in there and for the first time I felt happy and Yay. I was like okay that's it this is gonna be it was basically almost a shooting script right yeah and eight weeks later we um started shooting I mean the biggest thing I think for people to learn about that like the whole journey you just described is communication it's very difficult yep. yes and and it I mean I think I've grown a lot and hopefully I will be better at it in the future but because writers are artists, like directors are artists, it's like I have a very find it very difficult to tell someone you gotta change this please or I don't like it because of such and such. Right. Because it always feels like I'm 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 hurting another artist's yes. um creation. You but know, at but. the same time, I think like where the gift of what you did was, was you provided clarity. And, and I think it took getting to a, point, a certain point of frustration of your not getting what you wanted to be able to say, this is what I want. Yeah. And I think when you send that message out to the universe in a way that has complete, whether it's mean or not mean, and it decisively, it's decisive. And it was I probably not mean. Yeah. It was just yeah. decisive and straight yeah. out and something that I was hesitant to do up to that point. Right. You know? But yeah. it, I think, I think again, for, for female and male directors starting out, I think learning how to communicate with your writer is a huge part of the journey for a director. And I think not moving past the fear and recognizing 
you, from the director's standpoint, you want it to be something that you can put your voice into because you believe the words. And if that is not in sync... You can't do it. Yes. Then the, then the film is not going to be the success that it could be. Yeah. So I love that you did that. And I think that is such a tremendous learning lesson. And I love that you're sharing that with everyone um, because I think there's so much to learn from that. All right. With that, we are going to take our first break. And then when we get back, we are going to jump into your background and the idea of working in so many different cultures as a filmmaker and your hopes for the future on and on. Uh, we are here with Karina Serringer and this is Jen Grisanti. You're listening to StoryWise with entertainment consultant Jen Grisanti. StoryWise is a podcast designed to give you the story behind the people who tell stories, offering you insight on what it takes to work as a writer in television and film. Hear this and other podcasts on www.jengrisanticonsultancy.com, a full-service writer consultancy committed to guiding your vision. We are back with Karina Seringer, who has a big film out right now, Shouting Secrets, her first feature-length film that she produced and produced and directed. And um, so going into our, the genres... Like, so you've done reality shows, you've done documentaries, you've done shorts. What do you view in now a feature-length film? How do you see story being different in the different genres? And what have you learned from each genre that maybe informs the, the feature world? Oof, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I know, I know. I think in a short film, you, as it says, you got to be really precise and short in in what you want to tell in a short film usually has kind of like a dramatic punchline somewhere mm. at the end right that maybe flips around what you were expecting or you know you don't really have that much time to develop characters mm -hmm. it's more about the story content right i, I would say yeah and and in, so it's in, more about plot than it's it is more about, about character. I would yeah. say it's more about yeah. plot. Yeah. Although you enjoy great characters, of yes. course, but yes. I'd say it's more about plot versus versus a feature. Can be about a lot of things, but if the characters aren't intriguing, it can have as many plots as, as you wish, and it's not gonna pull. I think it's right. not gonna really gonna pull I agree you with in. You. I do. I agree with you. And even the reality show. Now, you worked on... Survivor. Survivor. Switzerland's <laughs> version or... Yeah. Yeah, Switzerland's version of one, Survivor. Yeah. It was the first one. Yeah, it was actually a year before the first one started in the U.S. Wow. So what was that experience like? I hated it. <laughs> really? Was that hard? Yeah. No, it wasn't hard. It was just not... I mean... What I you had, wanted to be doing. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. It wasn't... I mean, no one really knew at the time what it is. Mm -hmm. And there were two producers in Switzerland who had come to um, the premiere of one of my shorts in a nice movie theater. And the next day the phone rang and was like, Corinna, hey, do you want to be on Survivor? And it's a great new show. And it's like... Uh, it's it's like you can direct every day for short films. You know, it's like short stories with these contestants on this island in Malaysia. 
uh, don't you want to do it? And here's the salary. And everything sounded just like really, really great. You right. Know? And, uh, and I thought, wow. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much when you were there. It was great until I arrived there. And then it was so exploited, exploitative. Right. right. I mean, exploitative. It, yeah. Exploitative. Thank you. And, yeah. and, and it's like the first day uh, another um, reporter slash director like me came back to the camp like, yeah, I got the first tears. I got the first tears. I'm like, okay, what happened? Well, one of the contestants burnt her entire inner side of her hand on the engine of a, a motorboat. Right. Well, to me, that's not a reason to be happy. Right. And, you know, and a lot was just like that. Yeah. Or the producer saying, make yeah. up a love story between yeah. the married guy and the 19 year. It's like, what? No. Yeah. So after six days, I basically said to the producers, if you want me to do this, you got to fire me. Right. And then they were like, oh, no, no, no. There's so much else you can do. And so I stayed for so eight weeks. So you learned weeks. to be authentic within what you could do. Yeah. 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 I Good. mean, I just, that reality stuff, I can't do it. Right. I because it. it's not reality. Right. Yeah. Right. And f coming from the documentary background, I'm sure that was a conflict with what you believed as I a I think filmmaker. it's a conflict with just you as a human being that you don't want to destroy other people's lives with what you tell on TV, mm -hmm. which is just not, if it's not true. Right. You know? So right. Right. If it's true, well, I guess, you know, their fault in a way. Yes. But, you know, if it's not true and you just make it up and increase it with editing or whatever, I, I just don't want to do that stuff. No, I get that. I understand that. Now, what would you say, what motivates you to create? Huh, you know, I I wish I knew. Right? <laughs> it's like always been almost like an inner force, an inner push. I've always just been driven to get up and do things. And I've, I knew since I was 16 that I wanted to make movies and nothing has ever deterred me from it. Not even the worst times. Um, I don't know. It's just I'm happy when I get to create. I don't get to create enough because I'm doing like 17 jobs on my own and I wish I had like five interns and three assistants, but yeah. I don't. <laughs> right. But so... I, I spent too much time not really creating creative things. Right. But um, it's a love. It's a passion for it. And, and if you don't feel that, my only advice would be don't do it. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. It's worth it. If you feel that passion and if you feel that happiness just spread within you when you do it. But if you don't feel that then there are so many other great jobs out there, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's that's good. That is good for you to say that. And I think it is definitely something people should consider. Um, so I know The Cookie Thief and The Foreigner did very well for you on the short circuit. What Give us a log line or a brief on those films. You know, it's been such a long time. I haven't thought about these log lines in forever. Right. The Foreigner was about... Um, an Albanian 16-year-old um, fugitive who crossed um, the, the green border, crossed across the Alps into Switzerland to um, 
hoping he could work there and send money home. Mm-hmm. I did the story because at the time that was happening a lot, that mm-hmm. you had these kids basically basically cross the Alps on their own. And and then they were um, basically found and, and, and put in refugee camps where, you know, everyone was nice to them and they were fed and everything. But most of them didn't get to stay. Right. And I went to um, several of these refugee camps and I found this 16-year-old Albanian who also, I mean, he spoke like four languages fluent and wow. and great guy. Right. But in the most miserable situation. Right. And so it's the story about uh, a young Albanian who crosses the border, gets into Switzerland and falls in love with a Swiss girl. And um, and they experience, you know, r- racism and and people not liking foreigners. And I mean, it's it's a subject oh, that, that you great. got everywhere in the world, yeah. basically. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because when I think about that and shouting secrets, you should actually give a brief for shouting secrets as well. I realized I didn't have you do that at the beginning. Well, how would you describe, you know, like what I loved about it was that it was centered around this matriarch who we got to know before the illness set in. And I think what made it so universal uh, in its appeal was if if people haven't already, you know, it is a life experience that, God willing, we outlive our parents that every one of us is going to know. And so I, I thought that was spectacular. But, like, the general... I realized, and I should have when we were talking about it, had you give a brief or some type of description so people so people could be as excited as I was when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's another Hollywood thing, the two-line thing. Well, and the parallels uh. between the two, like what you just described in Shouting Secrets, you clearly like emotional dramas. Yeah, I do. I like real-life stories. Yeah. I like uh, things that, a lot of us experience or can get inspired by how to handle it or you know I I live 10,000 kilometers 6,000 miles away from my family mm-hmm. and I think about that a lot like every time I say goodbye to my parents and they're like not that young anymore right. I'm like oh I hope this is not the last time I see them yeah and and then I think we're so busy chasing our dreams or working or just living our lives that that probably happens to every one of us that we go like, oh, I should call my parents. Uh, I'll, I'll call them next week. Yes. And then next week I should really call my parents. And then you call them two months later. And, you know, at some point it's going to be too late. Yes. And at some point you're going to be at this m- moment where, where you think like, you know what, the, I always had this in my life. And I didn't take advantage of it. Right. It it was just there. Yes. And it was fine. But did I really, really live it? Yes. No, I didn't. Maybe, you know. I and think your central character has that concept. That's yeah. that's what's interesting or that's the mess one of the messages for me in this movie that, you know, you really rethink that and really consider when you have the people you love in your life to actually take the time and spend time with them. Yes, before the time is gone. Yeah, before it's too late. Yeah, I love that message. I thought that was so powerful. And then the cookie thief is a little lighter than... The cookie thief is definitely lighter than both those films. What inspired the cookie thief? 
a poem. I oh. read a poem. Right. And I think Chicken Soup for the Soul or something. Right. And um, I liked it. And I wrote to the writer of the poem, asked if I could make it into a short film. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. So we made it into a short film. But there again, you know, put put another level to it with with I guess I have it with foreigners it's probably because I'm a foreigner here too right <laughs> no I don't know um d- just to add another flavor to it I took a Turkish guy and and the Swiss girl and the preconceptions we have a lot of times towards foreigners and kind of put that w- mix that. that with the story yeah I love that and but that's it's your more truth. A comedy yeah that's your truth and your life experience so I, I think that's fantastic now, you are the founder and the partner of Joker Films Productions. Tell us about your company and what types of projects you're currently looking for to produce or what you have in development. I must have been really high when I founded this company. But <laughs> <laughs> How many years has the company been going? Uh, almost six years. Good for you. Five and a half years. Right. But, I mean... I'm a very enthusiastic person. Right. And that has its open downs. Right. So if an idea hits me I'm and and I really love it, I I go a hundred percent like right away. Right. I don't reflect first or right. think like about the things that could go wrong. Right. Or be difficult. Right. And in a way that's good because it makes you do things. But um when you look back you think like, Oh my god, why? Why did I ever do this? You know, right, right. <laughs> and it's a little bit like that with our company. I'm not regretting it, but I mean, I have a business partner in Switzerland who just loves movies, right? But has nothing to do with movies, right? And he's got a company, a full time job with partners in a completely different field, right? Has nothing to do with movies, and. We just partnered up over our first lunch wow. because he was just as enthusiastic as I am and we're great friends. Right. But it was really difficult or still is because um, I'm not I don't have like a hands on partner. Yeah. And that's here. That's here. It's, yeah, active and, with you. And, yeah. and so I'm left with 99 percent and to, to work and think Right. And finance and yes. like everything. And, and that makes it difficult. And Yeah, I get that. I mean, um, <laughs> to encourage people, I mean, like I've had, I had times during, during these almost six years where I was homeless. Wow. You know, I put all my money into the company. Yeah. Never paid myself a salary just so that. We could run longer right. with this project, right. um, Shouting Secrets. And I right. kind of, I just knew if I pay myself a salary, the company's going to go down before it can take off. Right. So I, I did that for way too long. And all of a sudden, I just was basically bankrupt and, and That's barely, really good for people to barely scrapped by with saving the company. And right. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad, but then, weirdly enough, only nine months later, we were in production. Right. So, you know, it can then also flip fast. I don't know. It's it's luck and bad luck and But I'm definitely a believer and, you know. that you rebuild. Like, when you hit all those lost moments, it could make everything go even further than it initially was going. 
I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree you know? with that. And you learn, luckily, yeah. from all those experiences, and you know what you're going to do different. Mm-hmm. I, I don't knock on wood, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to get myself in that situation right. again. <laughs> Good. No, I would say you are soaring now. You are headed in a specific direction, and it is up. I'm telling you that. Um, okay, so you got into the prestigious master's directing program at AFI, and you received the highest scholarship ever given by the Basel-based on your previous accomplishment. Tell us about what the experience at AFI was. And I, I know it is a very difficult program to get in, so that's a huge compliment. Well, I, to me, it was always clear that I only wanted to apply to one school, which was AFI, because I had six years of working experience by that time. Right. I always felt that the, the, the real life, the productions were my film school. And I was making money basically while going to my many film schools. Right, <laughs> right. And but once all my friends like came out of film school in Switzerland or in France or Germany, I started wondering if maybe they had a kind of education that I didn't have. Right. And maybe there was things I just didn't know. Right. And so I applied for AFI because um. It's just a two-year master's program, and it's it's very specific. You either apply for directing or for cinematography or editing or producing. It's not anymore like this big mix, not 100 people in the class. They took like 24 directors, and for each class, it's like wow. around 24 people, 2024. 20, right. But I kind of was sure they wouldn't take me anyway, and I just tried. And then... Literally the night before I left to shoot in Malaysia, I saw my answering machine blinking and it said, congratulations, you've been accepted. We expect you here in eight weeks. I was like, oh, my God, but I'm in Malaysia. So basically, this is going to be my last night in Switzerland. So then I just felt I should go and take that opportunity. Great. But I hadn't thought about, um, you know, how to finance it because, I mean, for Swiss standards, it's... I mean, even for U.S. standards, I guess, it's, like, really expensive. Right. And um, and when I went for scholarships in the Basel, in the city of Basel where I grew up, they were like, uh, sorry, we stopped paying for foreign schools because they were too expensive. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but that's the point here. <laughs> and, and then they said, well, you know, go, do, the, do your first year, and if you do well, then come back in the second year and we'll see so I I made it through the first year to kick some directors out after the first and then applied again and then they gave me this basically paid for the whole second year oh that's fantastic yeah that was, that was safe. see but you're a strong one <laughs> I love that these hurdles are not stopping you and that's what it takes you know I, I really want to say one thing there when I got back someone said to me Oh, if I always wanted to go there because, you know, I, I don't have the money, so I never applied. And it dawned on me that that's the difference. You can't, if you want to be in this business, this is not the way you can think. Mm-hmm. You have to basically throw the head over the fence first. Yes. And then see how you're going to make it happen. Yeah. And not first try to make it happen and then try, you know. Yes. It, because 
it's I I think it's just not how this business works. <laughs> well, it's just like anything in life. When you say when is the perfect time to have a child, there is no perfect time. Right. You just make it happen. Yeah. Right. Whenever it is meant to happen. So I totally. I mean, the birth of a dream is the exact same thing. Yeah. So I I think that your approach toward moving through and over hurdles is is fantastic, and I definitely connect with that. I, I think that is great. Story-wise, what would you say inspires you from other films? Like, what what are some of your favorite films or filmmakers? I love David Lean. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I think he was my first inspiration. I thought I saw Lawrence of Arabia, and I think I couldn't get out of my seat for probably half an hour afterwards. Right. And he made me think, I want to make movies. Um, I love movies like Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. Everything that has heart yes. and emotions and, and um, you know, doesn't need to be Hallmark at all. I right. mean, Leon the Professional is far away from being a Hallmark right. movie. Right. But just something where I, my, my heart can connect, my emotions can connect with, I can feel with someone. Yeah. I can get inspired by someone's journey. Um, by someone, how how someone deals with things, um, even by um, it's something I tried in Shouting Secrets too. You know, like uh-huh. w- w- about forgiveness. Like how can you can you always forgive? Or you know, what if you would forgive? Or what if you would take that step? And if people go out of my movie and go like, hmm, maybe I should call my dad. You know, maybe we should talk. You know, then I think my movie did great. I love if, that. If that happens, yes. you know, if it inspires someone oh, to yes. do that. It did happen in, in a huge mass effect. <laughs> I, I, I can I can verify that. Nice. Um, definitely. Now, um, okay. So for our, we'll have two questions. Goodwill hunting, you know. Yeah, stories oh, I love like that. Hunting. Everything love. that feels like real life, but is inspiring in a way. Yes. I am all for it. Yes. Uh, you know, Goodwill hunting is one of my favorites. Yeah. And then, um, did you see the lives of others? The German uh, film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Love. Yeah, totally amazing. Love. So if anyone listening to this uh, has stories like that, please send them my way. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. Karina Seringer at, let's see, the Joker Films Productions. No, and you can find her on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, all right. So let's see. For our last question. Um, Actually, I'm going to ask you two more. If you were to think of one thing that is the most important part of a film succeeding, what would it be? Oh, my God. I don't think there is one part. I think it starts with a really great story you believe in. Um, whether other people think it's great or not, you got to believe in it. But get some feedback, too, so that you're not absolutely the only one. <laughs> and um, and then a core crew, you know, at least like the main creative people that you know you will lead each other onto higher levels. You know, it's 
really like a, a team effort where where you can push each other and pull each other and and I didn't find that until my second attempt to post production. But once I found that, it was just so uplifting and so inspiring and all of a sudden the hard work was not just hard and painful, it was also fun and inspiring and 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 you really felt like now you're creating now you 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 you're doing something that's special and to me all those aspects if they start falling into place then yeah then you're lucky i love that that's wonderful um what are some of the last words of wisdom that you have to share with regards to pursuing a career as a filmmaker Oh my god. <laughs> Again, only do it if you really feel that inner drive. And um Oh my god, this is a really really difficult question. I find it uh, I find it and found it for a long time a very lonely job. And I'm really trying to um connect more with with people who do the same you know it's it's not competition at all it's it's like it sounds so bad like a support group but it's not a support group either it's more like an inspiration group and i think yeah you got to get out there and find like-minded people and find and your circle find your circle yeah yeah you that's that's the perfect way to put it find your circle and then go for it and don't stop i love it that is fantastic i want to thank you so much for your honesty and your candor because i think the best thing that helps filmmakers is the truth no oh, thank you yeah. thanks for having me really <laughs> really great thank you uh, I have a few announcements. Um, so uh, you can check my events and seminars for my upcoming events on my website at www.jengrisanticonsultancy.com. A few of the events I have upcoming, I am going to be going to Chicago from August 4th through the 12th, and I will be speaking at the Chicago Screenwriters Network. Very excited on August 5th and then we will be doing with uh, other authors from Michael Weezy Productions who is the publisher that has published my book Storyline and will be publishing my next book Change Your Story Change Your Life um, we are having an event with Michael Weezy Production called The Future of Story this is on August 8th in Chicago and this is open to the public and we will be having an L.A. version of Friday Night Drinks in Chicago on that Friday the 10th. So please check my website for that as well. That is at the, I forget whether it's the Radisson Aqua Hotel or the Aqua Radisson Hotel. But that is on uh, my website as well as the Chicago Screenwriters Network website. So please check those. And then in August, I am doing a, a StoryWise pilot tele-seminar that is all about giving you the tools to elevate and rewrite uh, the pilots that you have, as well as set the foundation for new pilot scripts. 
So you can go to my website and uh, if you are interested, sign up for that. And other events are listed there. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank Karina. And I am so excited for you all to hear all of the... I'm very excited that she gave so much valuable information. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Jen Grisanti of Jen Grisanti Consultancy, Inc. and StoryWise Podcast. You've been listening to StoryWise with Jen Grisanti. If you're looking to get to the next step in your career and need a guide who has been there and knows what it takes, go to www.jengrisanticonsultancy.com. On the website, you can also find the latest on writing programs, feature film festivals, and other writing competitions. This podcast was recorded at the studios of Icebox Logic.